uh, they announced a release date of February next year. Okay, sure. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Good morning, and welcome to the DLC Dallas podcast, a podcast in which we go over the discussions that we had at the various different coffee clubs around the city, as well as highlight some of the uh, upcoming events in the gaming community in the Dallas area. I am Eric Brody. It's been a few weeks since I've been on. Uh, I'm happy that I actually got that opening correct this time. I wasn't sure if I still had it. Yeah, nailed it. And that is the voice of... Michael Sewell. I'm uh, here as usual, chatting with the... (laughs) Chatting with the crew. It is just the two of us this morning, a little bit of a small crew. Um, Everybody's out at conferences over the past month or so, so we've yeah been missing a couple people, but we're keeping it going. Yeah, this is the week of E3. Yes, week, it is. So yes, not only is. will there be a lot of news, but I think the people are also busy with that. So, yep. so uh, what happened last week? Uh, well, I've been following most of the game news, so, you know, of course, the E3 stuff over this past weekend and all that. Uh, as for events, oh geez, Ray's always the one with the best event list. Yeah, I'm she? pulling up. Uh, <laughs> well, we can uh, we can start talking about the uh, coffee clubs. Were you at Thursday or Friday? No, I have I did not make it. <laughs> no. Well, so this is going to be a yeah, rogue cast. Uh-huh. We're going to call this one rogue cast or whatever, because <laughs> uh, we're both out of the loop at the moment. <clears throat> uh, myself with Crunch, Eric with. His many, many things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so, uh, of course, the events this week coming up, this Thursday, we have the Game Dev Drink Up. But, of course, yeah. a lot of our uh, our game devs here in Dallas are out of E3. So, might be a tighter crew this week. Might actually, that. honestly, be a good one to go to. Yeah, and, actually. Yeah. It's not going to be as crowded, a little bit more intimate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than that, um, I'm mostly just focused on, on what's been going on with E3 and all of that. Uh, there haven't been as many events uh, this past week as usual anyway, probably for the same reason. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I do know uh, by the time that this recording goes out, it will have already happened. Yes. Uh, but DSOP has, so I guess for the people who are listening, DSOP had <laughs> their uh, meeting tonight, uh, Monday, um, and they're going over UI and UX fundamentals and uh, UI design. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, for those who ever want to try to keep track for the future, in case you missed that one, um, I know they always put all of their events up on their Facebook page. Um, I believe that it's just Society of Play. If you just look up Dallas Society of Play on Facebook, you can find it. I believe that they still put everything up on Meetup as well. Um, It's typically on a Monday or a Wednesday. They alternate them like every two weeks. Um, And it's at Node Coworking in Plano. So typically it starts at 7. Yeah, so that's, that's going to be tonight. going to be a real good one to go to or listen to. Uh, UI is a huge and ever-growing field in games, obviously. Mm. And uh, UX especially, more and more game companies are realizing how important user experience design is. Uh, I know we at Gearbox only just hired our first UX designer really? in the past two years. Wow. Uh, which is surprising, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, considering how valuable that experience from the moment you launch the game to... Yeah playing the game right and how important that is for um for those who might not know um can you kind of expand a little bit on like kind of what that exactly is sure uh yeah. well okay so user experience ux design mm-hmm. uh covers a lot of different topics but <clears throat> the broadest term or the broadest explanation i can give for it is basically the experience you as a player have uh interacting with a company's software so that means navigating menus. That means figuring out the controls for a game. That means how smooth the game feels. So like terms like game feel, they might also fall under user experience design. <clears throat> so okay. uh, the most common, I'd say the most common practice for a UX designer is uh, designing the flow of a game's user interface going from the start menu directly into the quickest form of play. Like that should be as seem. Their goal is to make that as seamless, while being intuitive, as possible. A uh, great example would be Overwatch when that first came mm. out. Mm-hmm. You jump in, you see that great screen with all of the heroes, right? Press start, and it opens up, and the first thing you see is quick play. Just jump in. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> which was great for them getting started. Right. Uh, and considering how easy their game is to pick up and play, I feel like part of what makes that so easy was the UX design in the first place. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. So it's a step beyond just UI in that, yeah, I guess it, it utilizes elements of UI, but then from like a more humanistic approach, I guess? Or, yes. Yeah. yeah. So they, they will measure... Uh, it's interesting watching user research mm. of of UX um, designs. They will use like you know the Toby eye tracker, yeah, sure, stuff like that to track where on the screen you're looking. They'll use that kind of data to track where the human's natural eye location goes to That's when, super you, cool. when you start yeah. a game. So like tracking those patterns, like is it top left, is it dead center, you know, all of that. And then after you click a thing, where are you next expecting something to be, right? To make yeah. that as smooth as possible, so you're not like, how do I drop this item? And then, you know, way off in the corner is a little icon to tell you. Right? Yeah. So all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's UI, but it's also UX. Yeah. Uh, the other facet of that is game feel. So uh, the act of, you know, take a first-person shooter. Uh, moving around is as simple as using a control stick, right? But is melee bumper? Is it the stick? Is it all of that? So they help design, like, first instances of interaction with the game, help design the controller layout and flow to make it feel as smooth and seamless as, as they can. Awesome. Right? Uh, that also bleeds into aim assist and uh, bullet magnetism, and yeah. things like that. Uh, I work with our UX designer uh, pretty heavily. Okay, very cool. Awesome, cool. Um, what else happened last week? I think that's probably just about it, or is going on this week. Uh, well, I'm, again, everybody's out. Obviously, E3 is this yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, that in a number of conferences and <clears throat> yeah. This uh, next week, or I should say, if there is a week to go to a coffee club, this might be one of the ones to go to because um, there's going to be plenty to talk about. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. This Friday, this Thursday. Well, I'm excited to see what people are excited about mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last night we saw we had been teased the week before about Fallout 76. And now we actually now know what it is. I actually missed the Bethesda. Conference. Oh, I'm interesting. Well, maybe we can go over it towards the end, actually. Well, uh, if we I have mean, a little bit of extra time. I feel but. like we've got nothing but extra time because <laughs> neither of us were at the talks this past week. So we can we can sprinkle. So we are now kind of going into what was talked about, but then also what we're probably going to talk about yeah, this yeah. week. Now. Recap. So there were three conferences this weekend, yeah. or three major shows. There was EA's first, mm-hmm. Microsoft's, and uh, da, 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 Bethesda's. Bethesda's. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with EA. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I only actually watched um, Bethesda's. So oh, okay. I watched. What was uh, with those two. <laughs> I ended up watching Microsoft's. Okay. Uh, EA's. I kind of know what came out of that. Uh, they announced Battlefield Five, and in Battlefield Five, a well, battle royale. Wasn't Battlefield Five already announced? Yes. Okay. Uh, sorry, that but we actually got question. to. Okay. Well, I wasn't even trying to correct. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we saw new gameplay. They announced a battle royale mode in Battlefield Five. Okay. Which just makes sense to me, and I'm excited sure. to actually play a a uh, PUBG style battle royale, but more polished. Right. Right. I want to see a, a dice EA or. Uh, an Activision Call of Duty team, which also announced about a round. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, with Black Ops 4. Oh, with the okay. So they're integrating it. In. Actually, that's really smart, honestly. Yeah. Like, those, like, Call of Duty was obviously a franchise before Call of Duty 4, which mm-hmm. is the one that, like, really made it blew up. And a lot of it was because of just online play and its team deathmatch that it had, right? And so, like, it makes sense that it would transition to what the new hot multiplayer thing is. Yeah. And, and unless they want to try to go hero shooter, this is the other one to go. So, It's interesting. I feel like uh, in some ways they've incorporated some aspects of hero shooter. Uh, I would argue that Battlefield was the second hero shooter beyond TF2 because of their class-based sure. loadouts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, they weren't exactly like super skills or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But anyway... Uh, so that that's exciting. I'm I'm yeah. uh, I'm a big fan of Battlefield, and I know Call of Duty does great stuff too. Uh, EA also announced some other titles that I'm trying to pull um, up. So let's move on to Bethesda. <laughs> let's well well the other thing that I'm particularly interested about, but did not pay any attention to this weekend, um, but I know was announced, or at least there was more information at the EA conference was Anthem. Yes, yeah. there was. Tell me all about Anthem. Uh, As the big Bioware fan who 
is not super huge on multiplayer. I'm interested to see what they're doing with this. But. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Anthem, uh, I mean, it's shaping up to be, you know, like Destiny, like Borderlands, like The Division, mm-hmm. uh, a cooperative shooter. Um, they, I don't know if they announced any competitive elements. I know they're they're going for the looter shooter exploration RPG hybrid. Okay. So we'll interesting. See how that actually plays yeah. out. The the big thing, and you know, it's it's one of those things that we know we've we've seen Bioware change as a studio since two thousand eight, um, and slowly move more and more away from what they once did, mm-hmm. which was pretty not pretty, but pretty linear. Um, strong narrative single player experiences and it's and you can even get that experience in multiplayer and i think that they did a lot right with their form of storytelling in an mmo with the old republic i know that a lot of mmo players have issues with it but i think that for it was a good bioware mmo if you will it's yeah, kind of I nice of the that. old Republic three with a lot more grinding than it would have if it was a single player game i mean but, if you yeah. told me that you made kotor an mmo even if it's not the best MMO in the world, right? That itself still feels like KOTOR. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and so, but we've seen them, you know, kind of go more and more, especially like with Mass Effect Andromeda and like with Dragon Age Inquisition, really kind of start pushing the boundaries of like kind of what you can do with a more open experience. And now we really have questions. I'm I'm wondering if this week we'll hear anything about Dragon Age Four. I'm guessing that if we were, it would have been announced during the EA conference. Yeah, I think they're holding off on that. Yeah. I think they're... Uh, last this is I the heard, year of Anthem, it sounds like, for them. Yes, so. yeah. They are full steam ahead, both Austin and... Uh, is it Montreal? Or Toronto? Uh, or, it wouldn't be... Uh, it's not Edmonton, because they're the ones that are working on Dragon Age. I'm pretty sure. Uh, last I heard, they are full steam ahead. All all teams all are full teams. steam ahead on yeah. Anthem. Okay. Last I heard, but yeah. I don't know for certain. Did you hear about any of the controversy going on? About Anthem? No, or? well, a little bit, but about Bioware? No. Uh, so, unfortunately, John Total Biscuit Bane passed mm-hmm. uh, in the past couple weeks. Uh, he was always a strong proponent of Battleborn, and just, okay, you know, sure. I, I respected him for that. But I, I wasn't really familiar with his other content. But there were some uh, now ex-Bioware devs that ranted about him oh, on Twitter yes. uh, very negatively. And that resulted in their loss of job. And a lot of rollback of comments and things like that. It's real unfortunate. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So they they were current Bioware employees when they made the statements. They were, yeah. yeah. One in particular, I know, was let go yeah. due to his statements. Interesting. Um, there were some others that were similarly commenting, but rolled back their comments in a uh, very political way. Mm, okay. <laughs> so they're still there. Um and doing fine. I mean, so, I don't, yeah. I don't so it, it'll be interesting that. to see how much storytelling is there um, versus like, is this destiny with a stronger narrative and stronger emphasis on that? From what, what I've heard like. from people that have watched it, they're not thinking so. They're thinking that like the way that one person actually described it is destiny without any of the personality of destiny, which was really shocking coming yeah, from Bioware. I feel but, like destiny doesn't have personality no. to begin with. Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I enjoy a lot about Destiny. Yeah. Um, and so, and it, being the huge Bioware fan that I am, I think that there's something there for me to latch on to. Just, I'm interested to know, is this even really the Bioware of old anymore? And, or is it just in-name? And they're just doing, it's really just EA using these teams to create a Destiny-inspired game. Uh, I feel like creating a a shared, wor- shared world shooter, as a lot of these companies have been calling it, where you can continue to expand on content yeah. and keep players that way is uh, it's not a bad idea. I mean, sure. I, I'm excited to see more new IPs. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, absolutely. So whether or not it's Bioware or another, I'm excited to see what they do with it. So yes. speaking of which, Real that's quick, like pretty... before we switch. Okay. Oh uh, man, you're about to ruin my segue. Uh, no, it's okay. I just have one last comment on Anthem before okay. we move yeah. on. Uh, they announced a release date of February next year. Okay, sure. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> when it's that far out, and when it's not at a specific, like really, just when it's that far out. Yes, like whatever. Well, what's interesting? Just tell me. Just tell me when it's ready. They yeah. also announced uh, Division Two. Microsoft. I, Microsoft did. That's interesting. Well, at well the but a lot show, of times Ubisoft announced. Well, because is Ubisoft doing their own press conference this year? Because I know what they have in the yes, past. Yes, today actually. Interesting. So I mean, 
that's not a surprise. They a lot of times, especially at like the Microsoft conference or the Sony conference, there will still be like some type of deal for them to get one done in a yeah. future one. So, okay, I mean, that's interesting that that's the one that they chose of yeah. Ubisoft properties to be shown there. Last year was uh, Assassin's Creed Origins was and, at the Xbox conference yeah, instead of right, at the right. Ubisoft. Yeah. And uh, Mario Rabbids was at. No, wait, that wasn't Nintendo, was it? That was actually, yeah, actually at the Ubisoft conference. Right, yeah, because Nintendo, do they even technically do one on E3 week anymore? Because mm-hmm. they do their own directs. So. Yeah, they do a direct, uh, they're doing one on Tuesday this week. Is Devolver still doing one this year? Because theirs was know. so great last year. I didn't see yeah. it. Um, oh, it was awesome. However, uh, what's interesting about, well, uh, okay, so Division 2, they, uh, they announced that it's set in Washington, D.C. in the oh. summer uh, using that gorgeous snowdrop engine. Yeah. Of course. Uh, that and Frostbite are like direct competitors I feel yeah. like, for gorgeous engines. Um, but what's interesting is they're releasing March next year. So Anthem and Division 2 are going to be in mm-hmm. direct competition. This is going to be interesting to see what happens. If one doesn't yeah. get delayed. <clears throat> yeah, I do wonder if they have enough of a different um, audience between the two, but who knows? Know. We'll I see. Know. Um, I mean, it's a Tom Clancy title, so I would argue they go for the more tactical right. route. Uh, in practice, maybe not. I don't know if you played much of Division. No. <clears throat> I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was fun. So, um, speaking of, like, seamless online multiplayer experiences, um, Fallout 76. So, yeah. a lot yeah, of people were wondering, especially, so during the Bethesda conference, there were a lot of announcements. Um, many things that you would have expected um, to come around along at some time. They're, they did their typical really cool Bethesda marketing stuff in that things like uh, Prey uh, is releasing like new DLC and stuff like that, all for free just um, for anybody who owns it. Oh, I and know it was, it was available at the time of the press conference. All right. Yeah, um, and there are a few things that they did with that as well. Uh, I know mm-hmm. like um, Quick Champions uh, this week is completely free to play. And oh, then nice. if you sign up this week, it will always be free to play for you. So any users that sign up this week, which is really cool. Um, a few awesome. other things as well. They announced uh, uh, they're doing some more things like with their digital card game. Um, obviously pointing out the fact that it's free. Um, I know I saw the uh, the Skyrim uh, very special edition trailer. Oh, that was fun. Using Amazon Alexa. Yeah. What was interesting about that is it that whole scene playing out between, uh, oh, geez, what's his name? Uh Keegan Michael Key, yeah, yeah, between him and the Alexa, the key from Key and Peele, yes, yeah. Uh, the play interplay between him and Alexa felt like a D and D campaign to me. Yeah, no, totally, and I loved it. Yeah, well, and that's like that. That's that's I got the exact same feeling. That's what was fun about that is like Skyrim to me, like not just Skyrim, but Elder Scrolls in a lot of ways is kind of what like one of the closer modern versions that we have of what D and D is. Like all role playing is obviously inspired by that, but like to a bigger extent because you do have a little bit more flexibility in what you can and cannot do. Um, so uh, I thought that was a fun allegory for them to have made. Yeah. Um, you know, I would love to to see an AI run D&D campaign using an Alexa or something like that <laughs> as the ma- dungeon master. That would be pretty amazing, actually. Right. One of the other things that I've always been shocked by, uh, especially with the Wii U, was that there was not a Wii U Dungeons & Dragons game that was uh, asymmetric. There was one person could have been the GM, and then everybody else is then playing on the screen. Like that would have been pretty amazing. Uh, do you remember Fable Legends before that got canceled? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was supposed to be essentially that. Uh, really? Yeah, uh, it was four player co op with right. the fifth player being the dungeon master. Oh, I knew nothing about the fifth player. Wow, because I am a huge Fable fan. That was oh, actually yeah. a really big disappointment. Just Lionhead shutting down. Altogether was a huge disappointment. Just I love, I have loved everything that that company has like represented in like what they've tried to do with design, like since they started, um, especially under Molyneux, um, and just loving Fable. Yes, yeah. like say what you will about Molyneux, uh, he he certainly can talk a lot. We but... need people like him. Like that's the yeah, thing is he's right? just he's a designer who's allowed to talk like a designer does when he's not in front of an audience, and he's just allowed to do that in front of an audience. Like that's just that's what we want out of your designers is think about things without limitations of actual tech, right. and then the team will figure out how to, and then the team yeah. will figure out how to actually accomplish it, right? Like, there's something uh, that energy, that enthusiasm yeah. and energy is kind of valuable to morale. Uh, now, obviously, that can result in feature creep, which yeah. kills your production sometimes, but uh, that doesn't mean that it's inherently negative. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know. Interesting. I'm, so I'm always Fable. happy huh. with the Fable series. I, I wish they announced a Fable 4, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Maybe in the no, unfortunately, I'm thinking it's probably gone. Um, unless they ever get the right, like, just the team got the I rights mean, to the Microsoft IP to just it. redo it. Yeah, exactly. But um, they are doing, because, like, we have the, I actually uh, backed the Kickstarter before they shut down the Kickstarter for it. Uh, for the Fable-inspired card game, like right after Line had shut down, a bunch of the developers started making a digital card game that is in the Fable universe. Um, and they started running a Kickstarter, and I think they canceled it halfway through because they got a publishing deal. Um, and so anybody who had backed at that point um, gets access to the beta and stuff like that. Um, and so I have to imagine that they're working with Microsoft for that, again, yeah, for the yeah. IP rights. And so maybe, who knows, kind of a... Um, there, there could be a team in the future that would talk with Microsoft about doing it, but I'm not sure if it'll ever happen. But Yeah. Uh, other news. Oh, right. So, Seamless Online Multiplayer. Um, yes, yeah. But there's, a new uh, Doom, there's a new Doom that was announced. Yes. So, for the people here in Dallas, uh, that, that is an id property, obviously. Um, and so, I think that's supposed to come out sometime next year. Um, obviously, super inspired by the Doom from 2016. Um, just Same more time. of it. Yeah. Uh, New Wolfenstein was announced as well. I saw that. Yeah, that, that looks more interesting. More in the vein of the old blood, like an in-between kind of. I have not chapter? played any of the new ones, so I can't tell you. Oh, okay. Um, I know that it's supposed to be the daughters of the main character or something like that. Hmm. So interesting. I don't know a sequel maybe. Um, I, <laughs> that's a terrible synopsis for anybody else listening. There are people like somebody's probably yelling and it's ready to yell at me on Friday about that. But yeah, <laughs> uh, well. Um, let's see. There's a really interesting. I'm still, I'm still, I'm doing what they did at the press conference. I'm waiting for, for like the big final announcements. Um, well, of course, there was. They uh, did uh, six announced. That was teased. Yeah, uh, they did tease uh, their first original IP in like 25 years. Yeah, uh, Star or something. I don't remember what it oh, was. Geez. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Starlight. So you know, and that's the thing is like if if Bethesda were to make a new role playing world IP what would it be set in? They already have their fantasy. They already have the post-apocalysm. Of course, they're going sci-fi. Oh, and yeah. like, oh, no, yeah. that's fine. Like, uh, so, so now we're getting, now we're getting Bethesda Mass Effect and that's going to be cool. Yeah, you so, know, I'll yeah. be down for that. Yeah. Um, uh, so then they also, second to last, uh, they announced an Elder Scrolls mobile game. I saw um, that. That looks really interesting, actually. I think that it's, I'm a big fan of mobile games um, and it's, I, I think that it's a really great platform, um, and uh, there's a few games that have kind of utilized the design of, of what's available to do with a mobile platform um, that has done it in really good ways. Super Mario Run, is, I don't think, is like one of the better examples. Like that's honestly one of my favorite Mario games, just straight up. Really? Uh, yeah, it's just a very good game, and and it captures what the mobile space is good for, right? And I think does a really good job at it. That's fair. Um, and so this is a first-person Elder Scrolls experience in which you have a lot of, like, kind of dungeon crawling. There's also a PvP element, and there's also, like, kind of a hub world where you get your quests to go do things as well. Um, so it is kind of a full-fledged, if you will, experience. It reminds me of Elder Scrolls Arena, from what I saw. Yeah. Uh, yep, yeah. Really old Elder Scrolls. Well, actually, that's one of the first things they brought up, is really? that uh, Funny a lot of the dungeon crawling and stuff um, taps into Elder Scrolls Arena. Nice. Um, and so anyway, so it looks cool. It's also a, uh, through their Bethesda net account, um, it's also connected to all platforms. So it won't just be on mobile. Um, it will be on every console and PC as well. I mean, if there's one so. thing that Bethesda is good at doing, it's releasing their shit on every single yeah. platform. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> like if there's anything that? to kind of get you, yeah. So if there's anything to kind of get you into a mobile game, being able to play it on your Switch, on your Xbox, on your PC as well is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, so. I'm excited about that. Uh, similar with mobile, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but uh, at the EA conference, they announced a new Command & Conquer game hmm. on mobile. Command & Conquer Rivals. I think that's a really good fit. Uh, I think so too, but it's getting a lot of backlash already. Of course. That happens. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, We'll see what, it, yeah, what ends up whatever. coming to that. Anyway. Please. Yeah, I think that one of the great points that like Todd Howard brought up when he was on stage is like in this argument of say what you will about people making fun of mobile or not. I think not being uh, narrow-minded on mobile. Um, Fallout Shelter has like over a million 
players, or no, I don't remember what the number was. It, it was a massive. It, it was something silly, uh, and essentially his argument was actually maybe it's over a hundred million. Yeah, that makes more sense because his argument was Fallout Shelter has more players than all of their other titles combined. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, and so like say what you will, people play mobile games, and it's a it's a very fine experience for games. So. Um, then finally, Fallout 76. Um, yeah, please, elaborate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, All I know the, is that it's in West Virginia. It is. Um, and they, they use one of my favorite songs of all time, um, Take Me Home, Country Roads by John Denver, Denver, of course. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is a, how do you describe it? They're kind of creating their own style of online game with this. It's an online multiplayer that has MMO-like elements in that there are more than just you and your main friends on the server, but it's not thousands of people on a server. They, he said dozens. So what I heard yeah. was that it's now, bear with me here, Sure, a shared world shooter. That's a maybe good way to put it. It's basically their destiny. Yes. Except from what I could tell, and and who knows, we don't really know a lot. We'll probably know through this week. Um, I don't know how much there. One one of the big differences between it and Destiny is Destiny utilizes obviously instances and things like that, and so you're not really playing on the same server with people. You're not really necessarily getting a truly shared world experience. You're getting a an instance-based multiplayer I mean, that, that in which, like what in which you meet people at lobbies yeah. and then talk to them there, and then you head into a dungeon or something. This is, you are put into a wasteland server, and then there are a few dozen other people in said wasteland, and that's it. You never see, uh, you don't choose what server you get put on, kind of like Destiny, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I don't know how it necessarily works if the same, like, say, 30 people are always on that server, or if obviously they come in and come out. Um, it does seem like there are actual effects that happen that are set permanent, or I have to imagine semi-permanent. So, like, if you were to destroy a city with a nuclear bomb, that city is then destroyed on your particular map. Right, so you'd probably only go into servers or instances, I should say. Yeah. Because that's how that tech yeah. has, to, has to work. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you'd only load into other instances where people have made that same choice, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or if you brought your friends into your game with you. Right, uh, right. So it, it feels like, so yes, it's obviously inspired by a Destiny or Anthem, but taking it from a different direction. Yeah, that um, sounds fun. I'm so excited yeah. to see that. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I do kind of hope for, um, it's, it's a really tall order, but it seems like it's at least the direction they're trying to go is to try to capture still the lone wanderer on the wasteland feel of like what that role-playing experience is. Um, and so if there was some sort of way that they, again, with these instances kind of affecting you, you getting mash makes, if you will, with other people who had made some of the same decisions, um, still having the same type of feel of this isn't just a random server that I'm hopping onto. And now we're playing the meta game of just trying to grind and get loot and stuff like that if there was some type of personal living real feel of this world, I don't know how they'll capture that. Cause I can see it going one of two ways. It'll either be, this is my MMO style world in which I'm experiencing everything on my own and has some co-op elements. And so I can bring my friends in, but for the most part it's, it's fallout online or it just becomes what destiny is, which is just, I'm just grinding for the sake of grinding and, now we lose any concept of narrative because right. what I'm actually doing is just trying to get a team together to do, go do a dungeon run. Well, this sounds so. like exactly what Bethesda needs to do, honestly. Uh, because for years, you know, you've got the Elder Scrolls games. For years, people have been dreaming, like, what if I could play Elder Scrolls online with right. my friends? And so they tried to make Elder Scrolls online, which at launch, eh, but they've been supporting it extremely well. And it's yeah. become quite, uh, quite an impressive game, uh, which great for them. But... I feel like this is the middle ground between full MMO experience of, of one of their games and the single player. You know, bring that that middle ground of bring your friends in, play it with them, play it with other people online, but it's not exactly MMO, and so it's not restricted to MMO rules. Yeah. Right. Right. They can yeah. they can keep their normal gameplay 
or you know change it up a little bit. We'll see. Yeah, the first thing that popped in my head was <laughs> Fallout Borderlands um, in the the element of adding like the co-op element and like if you mainly just play with your friends. But of course, then you never run across an NPC. You're everybody that you run across is another player. Right. Um, again, like that kind of probably becoming, it's going to be tough. And if, especially if you can't choose your own servers, um, I can't imagine a version of this game where you're not just running across somebody every day that you run across, you are then either getting killed or shooting somebody. Um, yeah. Whereas in like MMOs, you could choose a role play server and mm-hmm. then like, then cool people take on their own experiences. So like, Will there actually be a culture of people who actually want to try to play as if this was the wasteland and maybe work together and like strangers come together, or is it just going to be just everybody's just shooting each other in toxicity? And here's my prediction on that. Yeah, I bet when you log in, you'll be able to make that choice. Like when I log in today, let's go full role play. Let's go PvP server. Yeah. When I log in today, like I just want to do co-op today. Like, you know. Yeah. And then third game mode, Fallout Battle Royale. Yeah. <laughs> we know that it's coming. Um, the the so one other sense. element of this before we get off of it that I do think is cool is we talk about like expanding the experience of what playing the other games are like. So like when playing an Elder Scrolls game thinking, oh, cool, I have all this quote unquote freedom to be able to do whatever I want to do in this world. Wouldn't it be cool if these NPCs were actually other people? And then we got Elder Scrolls Online. And so exactly to talk about like what would an online Fallout experience be? One of the other elements of Fallout that people really like that not every Fallout has touched on is the survival element of like literally just being put out in the wasteland and then try to survive as you're also doing all of these other things. So like New Vegas had the hardcore mode. I think like four had the survival mode. Yeah. And that is one of the things. Avoid radiation. Yeah. Avoid radiation. Actually drink water and stuff like that. Um, You had to track every bullet that you had, things like that. Uh, Well, survival games are popular too, obviously, like your H1Z ones and stuff like that. Um, I think that there are elements of that in here as well. That's exciting. Yeah. And the co-op reminds me of, uh, did you ever play Don't Starve? Yeah. Don't Starve Together, mm-hmm. the multiplayer version, sounds exactly like what they would want to do with this. Yeah. Which would be a lot of fun. Yeah, so I think that it's really smart in a lot of ways. Um, you could be capturing into some of the Division, some of the Anthem, some mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. Destiny-style um, audience, but then also you're capturing some of the survival fans out there as well. And it's all in the Fallout universe, and so it makes sense, too. Right, so right. I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with it. The one thing that I hope they bring back, the one thing that pissed me off about Fallout 4 is that when I played as a character with zero intelligence, it didn't change my dialogue. <laughs> bring it back. <laughs> I need it back. That's well, why from what I can I tell, I don't know how much dialogue is even in this. I don't yeah, even really yeah. know how much story there even is in this. That's true. So I know it's not which a true makes sense. Fallout And I think that's what's cool about this, is, and that's what makes sense about this being um, set at the time that it is, in that you are somebody from Vault 76, along with everybody else that you're going to run across is from Vault 76. And so they're literally, you're the only survivors out there right now. So it also makes sense that, of course, there's nobody to is get so any quests from. or after uh, previous Fallout games? Oh, way before. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, so... Like 200 years before yeah, or after? Yeah, or? so okay. this is um, the first Vault that opened after uh, the Apocalypse. And so... You are the only dwellers who are out there, and now it's up to you to then essentially start civilization. Um, and then, of course, then civilization happens later. Um, so, yeah. The, and so, again, it makes sense for this to be the story, if you will, and all whatever emergent stories happen being what the story is in that um, there's nobody out there to give you quests. There's no quests to have. It's essentially you're out there trying to survive and build a civilization. Um, it does seem like you might be getting quests from the Overseer mm. um, because they did mention that a little bit. So there might be a little bit of a story there that's built around go do this thing, go to this dungeon, gotcha, if you will. Gotcha. Um, and of course, they can probably expand upon that over time. But. Well, I also heard that it's they want to keep it, if you want to play by yourself, single player, you should be you able can. to. And yeah. again, that's where that survival gameplay so, still comes yeah. in. We'll so, see. I'm yeah. interested. Uh, let's jump into the Microsoft conference news. Right away, let's talk about the biggest game they announced, Battletoads. Oh, really? Yeah, they announced the new Battletoads. Is it a 3D Battletoads? Uh, it... it sounds like 2.5D. Okay, uh, sure. Hand animated, all that. Neat. Uh, I was I was joking, it's not the biggest news, obviously. Yeah, sure. Um, it looks like Microsoft is trying to to bring out their biggest franchises right away. Yeah. Uh, they announced Halo 6. They okay. announced Gears of War 5. They announced wow. a mobile Gears of War. Wait, no, this would be Gears of War 6 at this point. Or is... No. Oh, okay. 
no, I guess that yeah, the last one wasn't called. What's five, interesting yeah. uh, about Gears of War Five is that the story centers entirely around the female protagonist from. Oh, Thor, that's cool. Yeah. Which is very interesting. I'm yeah. excited to see them move away from dude bro shoot 'em up yeah, sure. into something. To lady more. bro shoot 'em up. <laughs> well, we'll yeah. see. Uh, they announced DLC for Cuphead, which is exciting. Interesting. Cool. Uh, glad to see those guys getting more work there yeah, because geez. they did an awesome job. Uh, of course, they talked about Crackdown Three, which. I still don't think has a release date. Um, we'll see. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, those are good games. I'm yeah, no, no. For, I but... love Crackdown. Um, yeah. Just We're just waiting on it. Yeah. I'm happy for it when it comes out. Devil May Cry 5 was reviewed. Cool. Uh, it showed a white-haired version of last of the last Devil May Cry's Dante. Uh, oh, okay. Or what I believe is. But they announced it as Devil May Cry 5. Interesting. Uh, and at the very end, they showed a brief snippet a teaser of the old dante riding a motorcycle in okay cool. so bringing him back a little bit yeah uh dying light 2 was also announced and talked about sure looks like they're really expanding on the parkour mechanics okay uh it's actually looking a lot more like mirror's edge but with zombies okay which sounds like an awesome marriage to me yeah uh, i'm a big fan of mirror's edge if that wasn't clear um forza horizon 4 uh of course Oh, sorry. Halo 6 is uh, actually called Halo Infinite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, I think is wise. Um, they announced a fighting game crossover from Namco Bandai okay. with, uh, I think, a lot of their Shonen Jump characters. It's called Jump Force. Okay. Uh, they showed off Naruto characters, Dragon Ball characters, One Piece characters, and at the very end, Death Note characters. Okay. Uh, which is interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see if it ends up being as good as Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Right, yeah. Um, if it's Namco Bandai, yeah. Um, I mean, part of what made Dragon Fighter Z so good was, I mean, Arc System works. Like, yeah. they're just amazing at anime fighters. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we've had plenty of Shonen Jump, like, fighting games before. Um, but one that's being particularly pushed towards the West, we've never really gotten. So, we'll see. I Oh, man, I used to play a lot of... Jeez. Uh, what was the, the DS Shonen Jump? fighting games uh the one where you had to like piece together your your players you built a manga panel oh i never played that oh it was it was awesome i imported it actually and, huh. and played it I, I was taking japanese at the time so yeah, it's like sure. hey mom get me this thing so i can learn japanese i really just wanted to play a fighting game with yeah those characters yeah. anyway uh they showed more kingdom Hearts 3 of course but uh they also announced just cause 4 okay cool so that'll be fun uh lastly at the very end of the show uh, it sounded like it was the end of the show. Phil Spencer was out there like, this is going to be a great year, blah, 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 yeah. blah. You know, usual deal. And then he got cut off halfway through, planned to cut off, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, and had a bunch of, like, hacking-related stuff in there and a bunch of, like, game codes spread across the screen, all of which were Witcher 3 codes, mm. if you took yeah. the time to type them in. And, of course, they showed Cyberpunk 2077. Okay, cool. Yeah, I thought I saw that this was announced. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, it was announced before, but or they finally showed showing. significant... Uh, progress in the game. None of it was was explicit gameplay, but everything was labeled as in-engine footage, likely okay. in-engine cutscenes, if I had to guess. Uh, the information we've learned is that you will be able to create your own character. As much as they showed, it's still single-player RPG, and they're still okay. taking their... CD Projekt is still taking their stance of, like, zero microtransactions, free updates, free everything else, and then if they do DLCs, it would be, like, full expansion content, like with The Witcher. Okay. So, I'm really excited for that one. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that is so far out. Uh, you know, I, I I always have a hard time getting excited or even following a game that I know is that far out from. Because I mean, not only will it change a lot, but they're not even going to tell us much about what it is right now. Yeah. So yeah. right now we're just in reckless speculation mode. Um, I don't know. They make great games. I'm sure it's going to be fine. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think that what I am excited about with this is. Um, with it being a uh, avatar character now, instead of following, you know, a structured character like Geralt or Geralt, I don't know how you Geralt. say it. Geralt, yeah. Um, I am a huge Witcher fan, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've just never really played them, uh, and uh, I think that that's going to fit their style of design really well, personally. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think so, it'll yeah. be a good game. Uh, I'm thinking. I do not envy. Oh, I have to imagine 2020. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, they didn't announce a release date yet, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, with a game for as long as we've been waiting for that, and as long as that's been in development, and you know, 
coming off of a game like Witcher 3 and the reception that that got, they're going to give that a very long... Oh, yeah. Like, and they're it, very it's much not going to be, oh, this will be available in November. You know? Yeah. Like, they're much yeah. the very much the studio that's like, it'll be done when it's done. Yeah, exactly. So I have to imagine 2020. But I, it was first teased... I almost even wonder if it's 2021, honestly. Yeah. But like, it was first teased before Witcher 3 came out. Yeah. And they've been doing pre-production even before that. Now, obviously, they've been doing full production since then. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, Hey, you know what? Like, also, when you own good old games, like, you don't yeah, really well, they're have fine. to. <laughs> they're fine. They have, they have plenty of their own money. Like, they'll, they can do whatever they want. They're, yeah. they're kind of like Rockstar at that point. Like, it's just, it doesn't matter. They can take as long as they want and do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, the one other thing that I'm pretty sure was announced during the... Oh, I'm probably thinking of the Xbox conference, actually. Um, sea of Solitude. Um, I just want to give them a shout-out. Sure. It's a small indie studio um, that is making a very, very cool game that you would not you would not expect to make a splash anymore and so the only way that's going to make a splash like that is if it's shown during big e3 press conference yeah um, which game uh so it's called it, yeah it's called sea of solitude oh okay. yeah okay. yeah um it's uh it's a very uh like kind of passive narrative like like player driven narrative experience um very personal experience like for the developers and stuff like that and um it it, it just looks fun and awesome um Fun in the same way that, like, uh, you know, why things like Journey, Firewatch, things like that are good and important. Especially awesome. In the I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. down for more of that. Yeah. So I'll definitely so, have to check that out. Yeah, uh, I missed. I didn't catch the entire conference. So sure. I missed that one. Um, last thing, there was gameplay shown of From Software's new game, uh, the Dark Souls devs. Okay. Uh, set in a feudal Japan setting. Okay. So kind of like Neo. Yeah, but sure. I'm excited to see a, a new property for them. Yeah, no doubt. Like, that's the thing is they, because a lot of people, you know, myself included, like, didn't really know them. I knew of them before, uh, like, Demon Souls and Dark Souls. Um, they, I, I'm really interested to see where they go with this next one. If they kind of go the route of this is what has made us huge. And so do we just kind of keep doing this version of action RPG with like one-on-one combat and like kind of that dual feel or if they go a completely different direction. Cause I mean, they've in their past had some wacky games and that's oh, one of yeah. the things oh, that yeah. like you love about from software. If you like follow the history of them and the history of the gaming industry, um, they've always been kind of big on RPGs and whatever action RPG of that era could be. Um, sorry, we're just tapping feet under the table. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, so I'm interested to see if they go, the same route as it's just another Bloodborne or it's another Dark Souls or if they're really well, going to try to change up the formula. We kind of like what didn't they see to. like a lot of those kind of intricate details. We just saw like a montage of, course. of gameplay. Yeah, again, of like, yeah. Um, however, it does look like as with Bloodborne, they they took that gameplay and expanded upon it. Excuse me. <clears throat> made it faster paced. Made it. I mean, it, it looked similar to Dark Souls, but then you play it and it feels very different. Oh no, yeah, for sure. So, and from what from what I saw in uh, the new trailer for what is it called? Was it Sekio? Uh, that doesn't work. Uh, Sekio Shadows Die Twice. I don't think that title is exactly right, but uh, it looks like they took a lot of that gameplay and are expanding upon it and making it a lot faster paced. Sure. I know for a fact I saw uh, grappling hook stuff on enemies. So, okay. like, bringing you into massive enemies. Uh, they obviously showed off a character dying and then being revived. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was in the middle of a boss battle. So, we'll And I guess that's kind of what I mean, is, like... Because one of the things that still keeps, like, Bloodborne as part of, like, the Soul series is, well, a lot of elements, like the Metroidvania elements, and then, um, obviously, just the difficulty curve. Yes. Um, I'd be interested to see if... This is still an action RPG, but it doesn't go from the angle of we're challenging the player and that's part of the experience and instead like allowing things like, no, it's just you can have Phoenix Downs or something like that. Or yeah, like, yeah. again, like, I mean, a completely different route from what they've done before. Yeah. So or not done before, but done with the Soul series. Are they separating themselves from the Soul series or is it? I mean, still they announced the last one that, that that was Dark Souls 3 was officially the final entry in the Soul series. Right. So they said. And so that's uh, that's kind of why I'm excited. Yes, to see them. I mean, actually leave what that is. Right. Yeah. I'm excited to see what this evolution is. Uh, yeah. If it's more of the same gameplay, I mean, I'll still play it. Yeah, I enjoy sure. Those games, but 
if it is taking that gameplay and evolving on it, you know, expanding on it, then I'll be equally excited. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So. Um, cool. Well, <laughs> that was uh, that was our summary of what happened this weekend <laughs> at E3. Um, no, it's good to talk to somebody about these new, this news. Yeah. Um, the one out. other thing um, before we do kind of wrap that I do think was interesting that was brought up, um, yeah. I know, like in the gaming news, um, and I have to imagine was brought up during the during the talk. If it wasn't, then I'm going to make sure to bring it up this week. Um, was the change that Valve made in its Steam setting in its setting? I did for, see that? Yeah. Yes. Um, I guess, really, just kind of, because I kind of, on the Discord, kind of said what my opinion was. For people who don't know, as a quick summary of it, um, essentially, uh, Steam is essentially allowing anything and everything to essentially just be put on their platform. Um, And so uh, they're not worrying about whatever content is in it. They're also not really even worrying about, like, uh, obviously, green light and things like that are gone. And so, like... Just through Steam Direct, it's essentially anything can get put on if you pay mm-hmm. the money now. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess is what it used to be way, way back when, but with many, many more filters for content. Right. Um, guess the real quick, just what are your opinions on that? Well, so some people upstairs were talking about that, of course, on the industry chat. Yeah. And all of that. Uh, I mean, it feels very much like a like a binary response, like either everything's yeah. okay or nothing's okay kind of response. Um this means that they're going to have more games like Postal or what was uh, what was that game that was like top down shooter attack game where you just attack civilians? Hatred. Oh, I remember that. More, yeah, more of that or even just stuff. a few weeks ago, the one that um, I think started this conversation for them to make this decision. Now, uh, the one where you uh, played the side of somebody in a school shooting, like a student. Like, yeah. No rush in the game. Yeah, it's real unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. There, there's an argument to be had about uh, about you know the free market and uh, the what? right to voice your opinions no matter what. But sure, yeah. I mean, there, there's a famous quote from some German scholars, right? That's uh, it's like free will, free uh, free speech is only valuable until free speech causes everybody else's rights to be taken away. Uh, I, I'm obviously misquoting that, but I don't know. It's, I think it's, that uh, I think that one of the other effects that we're going to see from this, actually, that I'll be really interested to see. I, I don't think that Steam's going to be hurting for money because of it, oh, or that they're really going to change their place or like the amount of money that they'll make in the industry. But what I do think could happen as an effect of this is it's going to be near impossible, and it already is near impossible. But it will be maybe impossible to ever actually find games anymore, to discover games on Steam. Discover like um, new indie titles and things like that. Yeah, or anything. And I think a part of that is because it's not just going to be games that are going to be popping up on this now. Um, there's going to be a ton of VR things. They're going to have VR movies pop up. They already and, are. Yeah. And <laughs> especially if there's no filters and it can be just literally anything, um, what's going to rise to the top? Because it, it's already happened. It's going to be, um, uh, okay, I'm trying to think of a better way to put it. It's going to be porn, right? <laughs> no, like just straight up. Like, since, oh, they, yeah. since they started allowing uncensored, like, VNs on there, um, or at least VNs that then with a free patch then made it an uncensored VN, those are always the top yeah. of, of yeah. Steam at any time of well, the downloads. Don't they have and now they have, uh Sure, so there are things that you can <laughs> do to, like, kind of, add some filters into your own Steam, but most people don't do that. Yeah. And so, yeah, so, like, as you go and try to discover things, the top 100 of anything, you'll have some Call of Duties, you'll have your PUBGs and stuff like that mixed in there. But it's also going to be a lot of movies. It's going to be a lot of porn games. It's going to be a lot of VR porn. It's going to be stuff like that. And so what's going to end up happening is, what I'm really interested to see is, will we see other storefronts become uh, more popular just simply because of... um, people needing some form of their storefront, providing some type of discoverability. Um, so will people start going to Humble? Will, st- will uh, Green Man Gaming get larger? Will will good old games actually even get larger? Uh, will Itch.io expand? Things like that. Yeah, um, yeah. That's what I find interesting as the potential fallout from this is going to be. Steam is going to inherently change, and it's not going to be 
a gaming platform anymore. So, yeah, uh, yeah, we're gonna see what's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, most of the time at this point, I don't even look at the Steam interface unless I'm going for a, sp a particular game right. or, or something like that, and I just search that and immediately play that. And otherwise, it's just like a house for all my content. Right. So, I mean. I know there's a lot of people out there who rely on it to to find new content, discover new new games and indie titles and all things like that. So it is going to be very interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, that was just kind of the final really big news that I want to make sure that we got on that as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that we're probably good to wrap. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Hope that uh, you enjoyed this slightly different <laughs> different take on, on the podcast. Yeah, that's the Pirate Coffee Radio. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so excited to talk this week about everything that's going on um, at E3. I'm sure there's going to be many, many, many more announcements this week. Excited to see some more details about some of the things that were announced, yep. especially Fallout 76, because that is coming out in November this year. So we will find out even more this week, I'm sure. Um, and uh, please make sure to drop by. Um, our coffee clubs are Thursday and Friday. Thursday, it is at the City Line Whole Foods at... Uh, George Bush and 75. And then here in Frisco, where we were recording right here at Nerdvana, um, at Nerdvana Coffee. Um, both at 8 a.m. Both at 8 a.m. Um, thank you to Nerdvana for giving us their space and allowing them allowing us to record in their mm -hmm. podcast area. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, if if well, you're not able to make it out to the shows, of course you can... Oh, to the shows. To the... Uh, uh, I mean, to we're, coffee we're very clubs. spectacled. Yes. <laughs> Be spectacled people. <laughs> All forms. Uh, you can still join the conversation uh, on Facebook or on Discord. Uh, if you ever need a link to the Discord, uh, just hit us up on the Facebook page. Um, and we can always do that. Also, if you want to drop us a review on the podcast, uh, like on iTunes, that would be awesome. Uh, yeah. We're trying to grow the community and um, just like through Meetup. We think this is the way that people can find the community is through the podcast. So if you could leave us a quick review, if you love us, if you hate us, hopefully if you love us, um, <laughs> put it up there. Uh, is there anything else? Yeah. Well, of course, we have to give a shout out to our boy and editor-in-chief, yes. Trey. Thank you again for helping us out so much, Trey. Yeah, you're the best, man. You're the best. Uh, we have been... I'm Eric Brody. And I am Michael Sewell. And I will see you Thursday or Friday.